Unspeakable joy, unspeakable joy. Jesus is, Jesus gives unspeakable joy. Hello, hello, and welcome back to Unspeakable Joy Podcast. I am your host, Joy Sixtos. Thank you for tuning in once again. I know it's been a couple weeks since we talked last. We had some ministry activities going on and some other things we were taking care of. But God is good and he's faithful and he has given us the strength the last couple weeks to get through what we went through. I am excited that you've joined us today for another podcast episode. We have a guest today, one of my new friends that has graciously agreed to join the show and share her heart with us. And she's actually a fellow believer in the Lord. And not only that, but a minister of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And I'm excited to be covering her topic today, which is young women in ministry. Can somebody say amen? Praise God for young ladies that take a stand for the Lord and that say, hey, count me in. I want to get my hands dirty in the kingdom of God and I want to help reap the harvest of souls that is ready to be brought into the kingdom of God. So before we get into that, for more information on my ministry, you can go to my website, unspeakable-joy.com, or to share this podcast episode or go back and hear others, you can go to anchor.fm slash unspeakable-joy. You can also find these shows on Spotify, Google Playlist, Radio Public, But anyway, let's get to know our guest today. We have Rachel Garcia in the house in our mobile studio, which is actually today located at her parents' church in Goliad, Texas. We're going to talk about that in a little bit. But Rachel is a new family friend. We've gotten to know her family over the last couple years through different events at their church and different gatherings. And it's been a blessing to see that Other young people like myself, like others in our generation, for those of you that are hearing that are taking a stand for the Lord and living a godly life. And so we're excited to have her on today. So let's get to know Rachel. Rachel Garcia has an infectious love for God's word and a zealous love for the local church. Her passion is to equip and empower people in their purpose. Her practical and passionate application of God's word combines sound scriptural exposition with relatable anecdotes and comedic wit. She is a graduate of the College of Biblical Studies in Houston and Texas Bible Institute in Columbus, Texas. And that's one of the things that we actually have in common, my family and I, with Rachel and her family, is that Texas Bible Institute is very well known in our family. I know they have Discovery Camp there in Columbus under the Birchfields. And it's been a blessing that my brother and I actually grew up at their summer camp, but it's been a blessing to know that she also has the heart of God through that particular ministry. Rachel has also served in various capacities of ministry most of her life as a pastor's kid growing up here at Grace Temple Church in Goliad, Texas. And she recently became an ordained minister through her church under her parents, Pastors Clem and Dolores Garcia, who have actually been guests for our podcast show back in season three in February. And that show is titled Faithful. So if you have a chance to go listen to that, we encourage you to do that. Rachel is a young woman in ministry who was recently a young and old leader 
faithfully imparting God's word into future servant leaders, and is currently a Bible specialist and basketball coach at Round Rock Christian Academy in Round Rock, Texas. She also serves at Red Rocks Church in Austin, Texas, and just is an amazing young woman of God. So Rachel, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be able to do this with you. Yes, ma'am. So we will jump right in. Our topic today is young women in ministry and how that is portrayed, how God has called us to do things. I know myself also as a a licensed and ordained minister, it is a wonderful thing to be able to partner with God and be an influence not only to our particular generation, but to generations and nations. I wanted you to help me share our hearts about that and share your heart about that with our listening audience, which I know this is also pertaining to young men that may be listening or even couples or people up and coming that have a heart for ministry. So as we dive in, tell me about your life. When did you get born again? I mean, how were you raised? Yeah, sure thing. So pastor's kid grew up in the church and uh, that's kind of all I had known. But my faith walk got serious for me when I went off to college. So I said yes to Jesus at a young age. Discovery camp, the things we talked about, you know, just um, experiences with the Lord. And so I believe at a young age, my name was written in the Lamb's Book of Life. Got baptized, but as I kind of got older in high school and stuff like that, it just kind of became something I just did. Piggybacked off my parents, if you will. But when I went off to college, I got involved in a college ministry, Campus Crusade for Christ at Texas Tech. And my life really got changed at that point. I just started getting around other young people that were serious and passionate about their faith and sharing it. And so I had already enrolled for my next year's classes. I had an apartment lease signed, was ready to go. But at the end of my freshman year, I went to a conference at a church in Dallas and really felt a a tug from the Lord to pursue full-time ministry. And that's really where I kind of just drew a line in the sand and was like, you know what, this is what I want to give my life to. This is what I want uh, to be about is, is the cause of Christ. And so that's kind of really where it took a turn for me. But yeah, I've, I've loved the Lord and his church for my whole life, really. Praise God for that. I know as we were getting to know your family as well, that was evident that you and your sisters did love the Lord and wanted to please him and wanted to serve him and and fulfill your calling in what he had called you to do throughout your life. And part of that mirrored in the way that not only were you raised, but the sacrifices that you made personally growing up as a youth, a young person, as a young adult, and now as an adult and saying no to certain things, no to things of the world, no to things that were popular in a sense with the world and saying, I want to be sanctified. I want to separate myself for the calling of God upon my life. And so, you know, that played out and has led you to this moment and was a foundation for you in order to spring off of that into God's calling fully for you. And some of your best days are still ahead. I believe that with all my heart. And so when did you know that you were called to ministry and how did you prepare? I know you felt that calling at that particular moment, but mm-hmm. how did you have that ceiling and that full unction to move on? Yeah, it was definitely just God gracing me for that season because I loved where I went to college. It was my dream school coming out of high school, and I really had a great time my freshman year, but I just, I just, it was a call and a tug that I couldn't ignore, um, and so I left, and I, I, I went through, and I went to a, a Bible school in Columbus, Texas Bible Institute, and I actually did not like it at the beginning at all. I felt like I had kind of maybe made the wrong choice, and I just... I went through a little struggle there where I was like, I don't know if I really heard the Lord correctly, but 
thankfully for us, God is is amazing at redirecting and rerouting, and He changed my heart. And there was things that were deposited in me that. At the time, I had no idea that would be such an influential thing. And uh, so when I finished there, I so that was like a discipleship type program. It wasn't like an accredited degree. So when I left, I wanted to finish my degree. I wanted to stay in the Houston area. So I enrolled at the College of Biblical Studies in Houston, which was much more like doctrinal, theological, like book study rather than kind of practical hands-on ministry. And so I feel like I have a really grounded kind of theological perspective and, and worldview because I went from a place that was very spirit-filled and, and hands-on practical ministry, altar ministry, like really getting to see people healed and touched by the presence of God, and then to a place where it was a classroom setting and it was, you know, the Greek and the Hebrew and just a lot of stuff that was really deep. Yeah, so that college helped just kind of I think shaped me and it really I took some um, some teaching and some preaching classes there that helped me because when I was a Bible school student at the first school I had no idea what I felt like the Lord was calling me to I was like I don't sing I at the time I was like I don't have any kind of platform gift like I that's just not for me I don't know how God's going to use me and then that really it just kind of started to get cultivated in my local church at the time my, my pastor kind of saw that in me and, and called it out and so that teaching gift started to be, yeah, just kind of cultivated. And so in school, I was able to, to get some, some classes that helped me, you know, just different little takeaways, how to plan a sermon outline, how to analyze the text, different things of that nature. So I wanted to do what I could to prepare myself to be used by God in any way possible. Very cool. Very cool. And I know you touched on this a little bit already, but in what other capacities have you served in ministry so far? I know throughout your childhood here at Grace Temple, you've probably been like my brother and I, and I know we shared before the podcast, we have similarities on how we were raised, but as you went through your childhood, even serving here and now as a minister, how have you served? I know one time I even heard that you helped chaperone Carrie Job to an event at your church. <laughs> But uh, anything, big, little, great, small, seen or unseen, the Lord knows about. So how have you served and in what capacities? Yeah, there's definitely those mountaintop moments and then the the stuff that no one sees. So I've gotten to be a host for some special guests. And so that's been a lot of fun. People like, well, the first one I ever did was Lauren Daigle back in like 2012 before she became really who she is now. But yeah, Lisa Turkers, Levi Lusco, The Belonging Company and Carrie Job, and just some really awesome people in, in the faith that I look up to. And so that's been a lot of fun. But basically my vocational ministry career, if you will, started in about 2012 when I graduated the first Bible school and I ended up in the Katy area. I was serving at a church called Powerhouse. And it was one of those things where I just served, did anything and everything, and then it became a role on staff. Uh, it was a relatively big church, but a super tight, lean, small staff. And so we all did everything. But I started out doing kind of like media stuff and helping pastoral like assistants just with sermon prep and getting stuff on the computer and ready for Sunday and have done social media stuff. I've done youth stuff. Women's ministry is really my passion. But yeah, most recently, young adults at the church I was at in Austin. And so just 
anywhere that there's a need, I really love to, to be able to help. And so young adults and missions, missions is, is another thing I'm really passionate about. So I, I have a, a ton of passions because I also did um, some special needs work. I was the director for Special Olympics in the Austin area pre-COVID. So yeah, I just, I love people and uh, any, any, anything that I can do to, to help meet a need, I'm willing to jump in. So praise God for that. And you know, I commend young women, even for those of you listening that are millennials, a little younger, maybe a little older, some that are married, single, divorced, widow, any type of person out there, I commend you when you take that step to deny self, pick up your cross and follow Jesus. And even across denominational lines, while we love all brothers and sisters in Christ, all that put their faith in Jesus and strive to live according to his word, I commend you, especially in the face of our current circumstances in the world, as we see it, things that we have to jump over hurdles where people may say, well, you're hypocrites or you're just preaching one thing and you're not tolerating other belief systems. Sometimes it's a fine line to walk, but when we know that we're walking according to the truth of the word of God, then the Holy Spirit gives us the grace to speak the truth in boldness, but still to have love and compassion towards others and and practice tolerance in a sense, you know, but we still speak the truth of the word of God in love. So I commend young women like yourself Rachel, that are taking a stand for the Lord in these days. It takes a lot to deny ourselves, to deny, you know, even dreams sometimes that we have in our hearts, hopes, wishes, things like, okay, Lord, you remember I'm here, right? You remember that I'm believing for these things, but we just choose to walk the path that the Lord has given us. So all in all, with all that, as you have learned, like you said, you dove into the word, cultivated yourself in the word and learned the word of God to be able to help yourself personally. And as a minister, who would you say is your favorite female minister in the Bible? In general, I love like Christine Kane. And then there's a preacher named Charlotte Gamble, who is one of my absolute favorites. She takes Old Testament text and just makes it so practical. Priscilla Shire. There's so many, so many. But from the Bible, I really like the life of Deborah in Judges 4 and 5. She was a leader during some super tough times. Um, She was strong and humble and was just able to be a voice for people when they were looking for for a leader. And I read somewhere that the name Deborah means bee. Uh, So like the idea that she could have a, a tough sting, but be sweet as honey really resonated with me just because I'm an eight on the Enneagram. I don't know if you're familiar with that, but um, I have a little bit of a tough exterior, but I'm really a a little cushy (laughs) on the inside. (laughs) I'm a a softy, but um, yeah, I like to think I'm tougher than I am. But anyways, I just think I I like her life. I think I I resonate with strong, powerful leaders, like strong women that, you know, are willing to take a stand and be a voice. Yeah, absolutely. And I agree with you. There are ways that we have to stay strong with me. I look gentler on the outside. Sometimes people say, well, you're a softy on the outside. But on the inside, I feel like I'm a roaring lion. And sometimes that lion comes out, especially in ministry. As people, you know, go back and see some of the things that I've done, operating a lot in the prophetic ministry, it's a character that the Holy Spirit brings out. And that's a part of just who we're created to be. So, but hey, God needs all forms of Enneagram markers in order to minister the word of God. So that's the beauty 
beauty of it. And you know, the beauty of it too, like you talked about Deborah and these other women of God, even as young single women at the moment, I want to speak to that group right now too. What would you say to encourage those young women that say, even in a denomination or not, that man, you know, I want to do that, but I need extra help at the moment, or I need extra stability, or my pastors will only let me do that if I'm married or whatever. How would you speak to them and encourage them that it's okay to serve God as a married couple, definitely like your parents, like my parents are pastors, but even now God still has a calling upon your life in the moment you're in. Can you speak to that group? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think the greatest example of all was Jesus himself. He was single and he didn't have to, you you never want to be with someone to complete you. You want to be a complete person on yourself. And I heard something recently about the idea that even sometimes just love in and of itself might not be a valid enough reason to get married. You want to be with someone that you can be on mission with for Christ, someone that you're passionate about the same things, you're on the same, just the same page about life and ministry and what you want. And so I would say, wait on the Lord, be of good courage. There's a psalm on that, but just learn to be content and and trust that God is faithful and he's good and he's kind and he's wise and he can be trusted and he doesn't give us desires to, to tease us and to give us something that we think we'll never be able to obtain, but he's a good God. And yeah, run after him in this season of singleness. And then if you look in the lane next to you and someone's running just as hard and just as fast, then maybe you're supposed to do it together. That's true. That's true. And I love how you said that. I've heard a fellow young adult uh, woman in ministry, a single woman minister on that before. And she said, hey, we are all called to run in our own lanes and we're all headed towards the same finish line. And we're trying to bring people with us behind us that not only do we pass the baton from person to person and generation to generation, but we're all trying to achieve that goal. And that's just to fulfill the calling of God upon our life and to be with him forever and to live Live the kingdom life now, not just in the far by and by. So, you know, we do run our race. And along the way, we encourage our fellow runners to go forth in your calling, go forth in the anointing and don't let anyone or anything, or even the fact that some young women are single at the moment to stop you because we're in this together. We encourage each other together. So on that note too, as you've been in ministry and most recently, the things that the Lord is having you do and serve in, what has ministry taught you? I mean, what are some of the joys? What have been maybe some of the struggles along the way? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, well, there's a ton of joys in ministry. I don't think that there's anything better than getting to live your life for something that will outlive you um, and investing in stuff that's eternal in people and in souls and in you know, just the stuff that's not so much of what our culture tries to to teach that is the stuff that'll satisfy. So the highs are seeing people come to life in community to see their hurts and their hangups healed and restored and to see them experience the fullness of who Jesus is, to walk in their passions and their callings, to see them awaken to what God has called them to do. There's really nothing like it. And Some of the lows are are just remembering that we're all human and that we all are flawed. We're all going to make mistakes. It's important to remember to not put people on too much of a pedestal because even recently in, in Christianity, we've seen a lot of amazing faith leaders just fall, just have a, a very public, you know, mishap, or some people deny faith in, in general. 
And so just remembering that our faith isn't in people, but our faith is in Jesus and that he won't let us down. And he's our, he's the cornerstone in which we build our lives upon. That is so true. I agree with that. And that's been one of the things that the Lord has been ministering to me even and some other personal things he's been speaking to me. But that's just to keep our focus on Jesus, keep our eyes on Jesus, keep our our mind, our spirit in the word of God, making sure that we're walking according to his ways. And even following that scripture, be holy like I am holy. And it's not easy all the times we fight temptation, we fight different things that come up or, you know, things of the flesh that we're dealing with. But it's saying, hey, Lord, prune me purge me make me according to your word i am in you the vine and i want to grow and i want to learn i want to be a blessing and be able to serve as a young woman in ministry or or as a young man you know in ministry and i just want to make sure that i'm doing what you call me to do first of all just to be in love with you just to know who you are we've heard a, a phrase coin you know don't just look for the lord's hand per se like to see what he's going to bless you with give me give me give me but in a sense to give with releasing things from your hand, from your spirit, in the anointing, and just knowing who Jesus is, most of all. Connecting eyes, connecting in the spirit, being one with the spirit, being one with him. And so, yes, we do have our joys. We do have our highs where we are celebrating and screaming and just have so much jubilation. But then there are moments where we go through difficult things. But in those moments, if we keep our eyes in Jesus and we focus on him and have the conviction of the Lord within us, and and I believe good support, good mentors, good people to speak into our lives, not only like you said, some of the prominent names that we look uh, in the Christian community, but even in our home churches, parents, as pastors, other people, then we have that community to help us along the way. And so for those of you listening, I encourage you, if you don't have a community yet of, of good, solid biblical support and people around you to cheer you along your way find people ask the lord pray about it and say lord lead me to people bring people into my path that can mentor me and help me and help me stay accountable to you and even to each other so we can walk this thing out in the grace of god so rachel do you have a couple testimonies that you'd like to share of how god has used you as a young woman to touch people's lives. I know you do even a lot of work on the mission field over the last couple of years and mm-hmm. with young adults, the special needs, everything that you mentioned, but do you have some testimonies where we can rejoice with you of what God's been doing through your life? Yeah. I mean, I think so much of what we do are seeds that we won't always see the fruit of. Um, and interestingly enough, you know, I've had a lot of incredible times in the church, as you mentioned, mission trips and, and getting to just host environments and things of that nature that have been very, very special to me. But a lot of what sticks out to me is my moments when I was not in vocational ministry or not employed by a church or when, you know, I was doing something completely just out of the world. There, Really, there is no difference between secular and sacred when you're a follower of Jesus as far as your mission field. Everything is, is sacred, you know, no matter whether you were on full-time staff at a church or you're working at a restaurant. And so some of my memories are I was at a restaurant and I had this one particular coworker and I'll never forget we we just did life together you know when you work with someone you're you're with them all the time and so just sharing my faith little deposits here and there but she gave her life to the Lord in my kitchen years ago. And so that's one that really sticks out to me. And then even just a couple years ago, one of my coworkers, we became really good friends, hung out all the time. And I would ask him just life questions, but we would come back to the Bible. And he was someone that was completely unchurched. And I would make references about the Bible. And he, he just 
had no idea what I was talking about. So it was really just a cool experience. You know, that, that quote we hear sometimes, you might be the only Bible people read. And so just having those conversations with people and hoping that at the end of the day, they'll know that you have a hope that's an anchor. And if they are looking for answers, like you can point them to Jesus, you know? And so it reminds me of another coworker I had. Her her daughter had some issues. Uh, I think it was like an unexpected pregnancy or something like that. And she was a coworker that came off real rough and tough and like just acted like she, you know, never cried or just that she was super tough. But she ended up calling me once and was like, you know what? I need some advice. Like, I don't know what to do about this. And so I think we just have to be mindful that people are always watching. There's a scripture in 2 Corinthians that talks about how our lives are letters that people can read. And so we just have to be yeah, mindful that we radiate Christ in every sphere that we're at. And there's people that are looking for the truth and looking for a voice that can help them. So that is so true. 24 seven, we are Jesus to the world. I love how you reference that too, about sometimes as young ministers, we have the zeal, we see all the lights and the cameras and the action. And sometimes we want to fall into that mainstream type ideology that, hey, it's about making my name in the ministry or building myself up, seeing my name in lights per se. But that's not what Jesus was all about. Jesus was from Nazareth. You know, people would say, can anything good come out of Nazareth? Jesus was hated by people and not accepted in that culture at the time and with his teachings and his doctrine. And so when you look at that, even in the now Sometimes the Lord will elevate young ministers that have an apt and and are well versed and can speak well and have this awesome character about them and stuff. And but sometimes he will take you to the places that people, the unchurched people that will never know the gospel, ever hear it, even on the mission field. That's where he takes you because that is still Jesus to the world. That is still getting the gospel out where the whole world will get the gospel and then the Lord will come. And so I love how you reference that, that we can serve and love others and share the gospel in any format, any fashion, at any level. I love even what Heidi Baker, another female minister, has shared that we should stop even for the one. Even if it's at the grocery store, at the gas station, we stop and meet the need of the person there because we never know, like you referenced too, that the seeds that we sow, that person can be somebody that the Lord elevates, the next Billy Graham, the next Christine Kane, to go and be a difference to millions across generations and nations. So when we're just walking in what God has ordained us to do and we obey one step at a time, then we're fulfilling our mandate from the Lord to be a blessing unto others. Praise God for those testimonies. And I know the Lord's using you in many other ways. And it is beautiful. It is beautiful. I know I've had personal instances too where God has used us in great ways or or smaller ways per se, but they're all equal. Mm -hmm. Everything's equal to the Lord. And it's just beautiful to just cry out to the Lord and say, thank you, Lord. Thank you for using me for your glory. Thank you for using me to make a difference in the world and to be a blessing to others. So Rachel, as we begin to close, what kind of advice do you have to young women that feel called to ministry, that want to step out, that are not sure of what the next step should be for them, but that feel maybe fivefold ministry, maybe lay ministry, whatever God's called them to do, what advice would you give them to take that next step and answer the call of God on their life? Well, I think it's, um, it's, it's a grace you step into, not a platform you build. I've heard it said, 
that when you're marked by God, you don't have to be marketed by man. And so it's not this thing of if I have the best Instagram and the best website and the best all the stuff, you know, all the all the stuff, then then maybe I can be used, maybe I can be impactful. But God's not looking for a blue check mark. He already verified you. He, preach, girl, preach. He's anointed you. And so don't look for the validation of man when you've been validated by God. And just do the work in the quiet place. Get in the presence of God. Make prayer a habit. Make scripture a part of your life. And get the right people around you. You know, there's wisdom in the counsel of many. And get people speaking into you. Get people that you can um, have mentors kind of talking into your life and people that you're speaking into. And just run after Jesus. Don't run after your dream, and your dream will end up running after you. The scripture says, surely goodness and mercy follow us, not maybe, not possibly. And so to know that if I am pursuing Jesus, um, then I'm, I'm, I'm doing what I'm called to do, which is know him and make him famous and everything else is secondary. That is so good. Wow. Well, today we've been hearing from Rachel Garcia, a minister of the gospel, a young woman living out her calling for the Lord, no matter what, in all seasons, in all modes of life, in different capacities, marketplace and ministry. And we appreciate her being on the show today and sharing her heart with us. And we just want to encourage you, for those of y'all listening, if you have any other questions, even for Rachel or about being a young woman or a young person in ministry, let us know. Contact me through my website, unspeakable-joy.com. You can also respond on the anchor.fm slash unspeakable-joy website in order to let us know what kind of questions you have, how you want to get hooked up and learn more about the Lord and about the ministry. And we just want to say we are your biggest cheerleaders. I don't think I can do the cartwheels anymore, the splits, but we are your biggest cheerleaders pushing you on and rejoicing in what God has called you to do as you are part of this great kingdom purpose to love others, love God, all that God has called us to do. So uh, Rachel, thank you again for being on the show. It's been wonderful to have you and to hear part of your heart. So do you have any closing remarks or uh, could you close us out in prayer? Yeah. Well, thanks so much for having me. It's been so fun. And um, yeah, I love this conversation. I think it's important. Um, there's too much competition in this world, and we need to be building each other up because if we're on the same mission for the cause of Christ, then we should be linking arms, not throwing punches. So um, I, I love this, but yeah, I'd be happy to pray for us. So Lord, we just thank you for uh, who you are. God, like Joy said, not just your hand, but your face. We thank you for who you are, um, that you are good and kind and wise and trustworthy, Lord. And uh, I thank you for every person listening, the desires and the dreams that you put in their heart. We thank you that they are there for a reason. And so, Lord, I pray that we would do our part. And we thank you that we are we're co-laborers with you, God. We get to partner with you in seeing your kingdom come and your will be done. And so I just pray that everyone would be challenged and encouraged and equipped to be all that it is that you've called them to be. I thank you for this podcast. I thank you for joy in her heart. And I thank you for her brother willing to help out and use his gifts. We pray that this would go out and minister to people in whichever way you see fit. And we thank you for it. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen, amen. Well, until next time, everyone, not only listen, but share. And uh, we're praying for you. We're excited to see you get involved in the ministry that God has called you to do. Until next time, God bless you.